Hello and welcome to Comic Cave Episode 5. I am your host, the Six-Armed Spider Ramsey, and with me today is... I am an emissary from hell. In case you can't tell, the listeners at home, what are we talking about today? It's Supaita Megan. We're talking about the many, many spidered story of the Spider-Verse. We're going to be talking specifically about the Spider-Verse comics. Now, this is a massive collection of comics. 650 pages. Yes, 650 pages of of Spider-Man comics. Um, we did this for you, all for you. <laughs> that's not even including The Edge of Spider-Verse, uh, which is six more comics that weren't included in this massive collection. So, yeah. Welcome to the Spider-Verse. Cue oh. cool music. <laughs> listen, Bob. I mean, listen, bud. I always try to make it Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Me too. I No, I do the same thing. Uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man, they're like besties, so for some reason. So, yeah. Spider-Verse. Where are we starting? I thought we would start with doing a brief plot summary. And by brief, I, of course, mean detailed and um, <laughs> really long-winded. Yes. Because uh, it's going to take a village to explain this plot. <laughs> well, if we want to do the plot really quickly, the plot is that the Inheritors, this evil group of vampire-like people, are going... Time vampires. Time vampires. Wait, sure. no. Uh, space vampires. Future vampires? Multiverse vampires? Uh, steampunk vampires. Steampunk vampires are going around the multiverse uh, eating spider, the spider essence out of um, spider people. Spider goo, spider people. <laughs> and, uh, and the spider people are banding together and fighting back against them. That's what the Spider-Verse is about. All right. That's it. That's the whole episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay. No, it's not. Get back in here. <laughs> if I have to. So the the longer version of this summary. Spider-Prof, um, explain to us. Who is Morlin? <laughs> who is Morlin? Morlin is a villain that appeared originally in Amazing Spider-Man about a decade ago before the Spider-Verse. He originally appeared as kind of this undefined villain who like hunted Spider-Man around the time that the whole idea of the Spider-Totem was first being introduced to the universe um and he said he like was a devourer of totems and so he was hunting spider-man to devour his totem what is a spider totem a spider totem so there's basically in the earth 001 there's sort of this spider god which is not the default earth yeah um, there's sort of this like spider god who basically creates totems that go out across the multiverse. And the totem is it's like this the power. It's like the essence of a spider that goes into somebody, gives them the powers of the spider. Spider soul. Um, yeah, it's like a spider soul that that enters a spider person and makes them a spider hero endows them with spider powers yeah it's kind of a weird bizarre concept and you know when it was first introduced in the like mid-2000s i was like this is kind of dumb i don't mm -hmm. really like this but i kind of feel like spider-verse kind of took that idea and made something a little bit more interesting out of it <laughs> if you say so um in my opinion these are these are kind of the tough concepts uh, that you have to kind of get around in order to understand what's going on here Morlin is a creature that traveled the multiverse and fed on totems. Thank you, Wikipedia. In summary. 
it's Madam Web to you. So Warlin specifically is um, going around now again and devouring spider totems. And so are others, uh, as we will learn. And Spider UK, he comes into this when he discovers that this is happening. So who is Spider UK? He is the Green Lantern of Spider-Man. <laughs> he is basically the Green Lantern of Spider-Man. Because Captain Britain, who is who's not just British Captain America, let's get that out of the Lord way. Lord Bravery. Um, yeah, Lord Bravery. He is a member of an entire core of of Captain Britons from various multiverses who are protecting the multiverse. For some reason, the British Spider-Man is the one who gets to do this. Yeah, he he he's tapped into the great web that binds the universe together. Sorry, binds the multiverse together, which really all all Spider-Men are. I thought it to was this. a big tree, and like there's Asgard. No, no, that's just on our realm. I'm sorry. Okay, or that's just in the normal Marvel universe. Fine. Um, of existence. So, so th- there's there's lots of those. Yeah, there's lots of great trees, and they're all connected together by a big web. Um, gotcha. <laughs> So the spider sense that spider people have, it's said to come from this great web, um, according to the Spider-Verse story. So Spider UK is especially Mystical in. tingling. Yeah, he's a... Te- well, that sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like especially tapped into this, this spider sense. So he can kind of sense that something's going on throughout the multiverse. So he starts looking into it, realizes that... Nonsense. All these, um no, this realizes that all these spider people are dying. So he he gets this device to travel through universes to try to go and stop this. From TARDIS, happening. basically. <laughs> we we can just call He's it the a British TARDIS protector of the universe. What am I going to say? <laughs> that's what, a good point. What else is it going to be? Come on. What? That's a really good point because it could have been anyone, and it was a British. Spider-Man. Seems random. Um, kind of a small country. <laughs> so that's a good point. So yes. Anglocentrism. We'll just call it the TARDIS. Uh, that'll make it easy. So he has a TARDIS. And then Doc Ock, at one point in history, of spider history, he actually switches brains with Peter Parker and becomes Don't think about it too much. Spider-Man, yeah. It's... It's a complicated story. We don't really need to get into it. Not this. important. Um, but yeah, so he he switches places with Peter Parker and becomes Spider-Man himself, being the arrogant guy that he is, <clears throat> trying to say this nicely. Loves to win. Um, he really loves to win. Really cannot stand not to win. Uh, he he immediately assumes he's going to be a better Spider-Man than than Peter ever was. So he calls himself the Superior Spider-Man. So at one point in his comic, uh, Superior Spider-Man issue 19, I believe it was, uh, he seems to get blown up, but actually he's just sent into the future. Um, and As is known to happen. Yeah, as, you know, totally happened. And he switches places with Spider-Man of 2099, because he ends up in the year 2099. Quantum leaps right in there. Yeah, quantum leaps right in there. Spider-Man 2099 switches places with him, ends up right in the current, quote-unquote, present day. Um and uh, goes on his own adventures. The superior Spider-Man, he he builds a machine to try to get back in time to his regular time. Instead, he ends up in a different universe where he finds a dead Spider-Man. Now, it's really interesting that he was able to just rig something up like this really fast. But don't yeah. think about it too hard. He's superior. He's superior, obviously. So, Got a little plutonium, you know. Exactly. 
So he finds this dead Spider-Man is like, oh, obviously this isn't my universe. So he goes back to the future uh, <laughs> <laughs> and tries again. Um, ends up so in another he's got universe. a DeLorean <laughs> and Spider-UK has a TARDIS. Yes. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That's our difference. Here. Right. Um, he's a mad scientist with a DeLorean mm-hmm. and Spider-UK has a TARDIS. And terrible hair. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very. <laughs> Although it should be noted that Superior Spider-Man looks like Peter Parker. Yeah, he just looks like Peter Parker. He does not look like Peter Parker with a bowl cut to, like, emphasize that he's Doc Ock. Wouldn't that be incredible, though? (laughs) God, missed opportunity there. Yeah, that's true. So he he goes to another universe, finds another dead Spider-Man, and, like, this kind of keeps happening over and over again. And he starts going, there's a lot of dead Spider-Man. Something's going on. Catches on quick. Um, Yeah. They all have the same mark in their chest. It's, like, two vampiric-looking two cuts. Spider-bites. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a bite. So he realizes they're all dying from the same means. Draculas. Yeah, some kind of Dracula. Um, Multi-universal Draculas. Exactly. So he starts getting he when he finds living Spider-Man, he starts getting them together to like join a superior Spider-Man group. Superior Spider Group. Superior Spider Squad. The Superior Spider Squad. Six yeah. men of Spider Group. <laughs> The Sinister Spider Squad. <laughs> okay. They come across the character Karn. I call him Diving Bell because he's wearing a diving bell on his head. For reasons. Yeah. Steampunk. We wanted to emphasize the steampunkness of the Inheritors, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the Inheritors are very steampunk. Yes. Uh, they come across Karn. He's the one who's going around killing all these spider people with this like lance that has two prongs on it. And that's where the vampire bite thing comes from, I guess. Um, messed up <clears throat> trident. Oh, uh, cooking fork. <laughs> yeah, like a serving fork. I don't, that's not. Yeah, right. whatever. So they try to set a trap for Karn. After they they kind of succeed using the help of a cyborg Spider-Man. That's when two more of the inheritors show up, and they realize that this is a, a family affair. It's not just the one guy going. The around. Lannister twins show their ugly heads. Yeah, the Lannister twins. That's that's kind of where the Superior Spider-Man comics in this uh, bunch ends, and uh, we also learn at this point they go ahead and cover the history of the Inheritors. It's this family. They are they already ate like totem stuff, so they want to eat the Master Weaver, who's like the guy who controls the Great Web. They fail. And Karn's failure to act kind of ends up with the mother of the family dying. And so his punishment is to have the diving bell on his head and to wander the multiverse, just going around killing spider people, trying to prove his worth to the family. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Diving bell on your head. Yeah. Cool. Cool. How you punish your son. Then we get into the Amazing Spider-Man. That's where the story like really kicks off. In the regular 616 universe, that's just the regular Marvel universe, all the spider people just kind of magically wander into the same crime for some reason. Spider-UK shows up and is like, hey guys, you know, this is happening, all this stuff with the Inheritors, we all need to get together, get to a safe place, and come up with a plan. Um, except, you know, more British than that. So there, there are like two groups that they're trying to get to home base, right? No, um, Superior Spider-Man is, like, off doing his own thing, trying to figure out how to deal with the Inheritors. And Spider-UK is off doing his own thing, um, trying to get everyone together into this one universe that's protected by the Cosmic Spider-Man. Okay, so 
Um, Six-Armed Spider Ramsey. Who is the Cosmic Spider-Man? The Cosmic Spider-Man. So in the Marvel Universe, there's like this thing called like the Cosmic Powers that one individual gets this power and becomes like the the most powerful creature in the universe. So at one point in Spider-Man's history, he got this power for a little while. Well, there's a universe out there, apparently, where Spider-Man never gave up these powers and continued to be the cosmic Spider-Man. In an evil way, or? No, he's a good guy. All right. Yeah. So he agrees to protect all the Spider-People from all the different universes in his universe. Um, so they're all, like, bringing all the Spider-People into his universe. Because um, everyone's convinced that the cosmic Spider-Man will be able to protect them if the inheritors show up. How does that turn out? That does not turn out well. Hmm. <laughs> because apparently Solus, the, the father of the group, is stronger than the cosmic power for some reason. So he's able to just... The all-father. Yeah. He's able to just devour cosmic Spider-Man's totem um, and just kill him straight up and so it's just feasting day because it's a freaking smorgasbord of spider-man for the inheritors on this planet now all the spider-men scatter and start looking for a new base um on which to like regroup and figure out what's going on silk who is kind of an important character i guess cindy moon um cindy moon so silk if you don't know silk was bitten by the same spider that peter was in the, this regular 616 universe with sexy consequences um yeah and so because they were bitten by the same spider they have like this weird pheromone thing um, they have to be hosed off every time and they're <laughs> in the same room sometimes literally yeah um so like they're just like super attracted to each other this makes silk into what they call the bride because there's several um, special spider people that only exist in one iteration throughout the multiverse. And the Bride is one of them. The Scion is another. Um, that turns out to be Spider-Girl's uh, younger brother, Benji. An infant. An infant. And then the other, which is Kane, one of the Spider-Clones. Not the to spider be confused with Karn, spider clone saga. of course. Yeah. So Silk is the Bride. She realizes that the inheritors want her specifically, so she kind of runs off and gets them to chase her through the multiverse. With her sexy pheromone scent. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> and uh, it, it ends up leading them to this world that's covered in radiation because it suffered from, like, a nuclear war and nuclear fallout. Um, and for some reason, the inheritors don't have radiation on Earth-1, even though they so, have all this uh, superior technology and, you know, they have cloning facilities and they can travel through the multiverse and everything's super cool and uh, looks like the French Revolution. Um, <laughs> yeah. Breaches, waistcoats, you know. Uh, they just, they've never experienced radiation. They must have a magical power source from a magical whatever yeah so radiation is basically their kryptonite it just immediately starts killing them when they're exposed to it like i mean you know obviously radiation will kill anyone but like they're especially susceptible to it whereas they're not you know they're not really weak against anything else we've had spider-man fighting them and they just kind of laugh off their attacks you it's know? weird that they don't like react at all to people who are who have been bitten by a radioactive spider and so are probably 
more, you know, glow in the dark than your average human being. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually that's how they killed Morlin in his first appearance was Spider-Man like injected himself with extra radiation to to taint the totem. So when Morlin started trying to feed, he got all that radiation in his face and died. Um Yeah, why don't we just you know, I I don't know. Go fishing with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In one at one point this is actually um because a lot of this comic is is Spider-Man radioactive going... blow darts. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of this comic is Spider-Man like going around to different universes, gathering up the various Spider-Men that have existed, whether they be new for this comic or ones that have already existed before. So, one comic they go to the Earth sixty-seven, which is the home of the nineteen sixty-seven cartoon Spider-Man, <laughs> and there's a villain there who has a radiation gun. And I was like, why don't they just take that gun with them and go fight the Inheritors? Because, like, that's what you need, right? <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I guess they never had a Madame Curie in, like, the Inheritors uh, 001. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. So they end up on this this radioactive fallout world. Earth 3145. Oh, thank you. Um, useful. So, yeah, they're, on Earth 3145, um, the Inheritors, like, realize they can't live on this world so they just like run off um and luckily this is an earth very similar to the 616 so the fallout shelter that uh silk was raised in um this is her backstory yeah this is her backstory after she was bit by the same spider as peter um this guy named ezekiel uh knew she was the bride so he wanted to hide her from the inheritors so he convinced her that the world was gonna suffer from nuclear fallout but super rudely he did not let her in on this plan yeah um no he just he just um uh, wh what's that movie with brendan fraser blast blast from the past yes yeah he blasts from the past he at her. blasts from the past at her <laughs> yes into into a fallout shelter and so she was there for like 10 years which is where she's supposed to have been this whole time that peter was being spider-man so yeah on this radiated planet she goes to that same fallout shelter and then like convinces all the rest of the spider people to come join her so that they have this new base that is actually safe from the inheritors this seems like a better plan yeah um, and this is where they finally come up with a plan to fight the Inheritors. Down to business. So um, they split off into several groups. <laughs> uh, one of the groups goes to try and convince Karn um, that his family sucks and that he probably hates them just as much as they do. Diving bell. Um, and it, it surprisingly works. Um, so he agrees to join the spider people and their spider army. And then another group... Um, goes off to just recruit more spider people that's it's, the one that includes includes miles yeah that's uh miles morales who's um who came from the ultimate spider-man comics so he's technically an ultimate spider-man and then um the peter parker from the ultimate spider-man comic so the other ultimate spider-man super um, zany <laughs> they call themselves the web warriors uh, <laughs> uh not good <laughs> and they recruit uh spider buggy and a w wild west spider-man and some other people and there's a third group oh yeah the, the clones. clones the clones um which is kane as i mentioned who's the other um he's he's the first failed clone of spider-man um from just the regular spider-man universe during the, the clone saga um we, we learned that this clone existed he was a failed clone so their clone creator miles warren he like hated him um so he lived like this life of resentment um for a long time 
but now he's a superhero, so it's all cool, I guess. So he's there, and then Ben Riley, who's the the main clone from the Clone Saga, uh, he's also there. It's it's an alternate universe version of him where he became Spider Man and never stopped being Spider Man. Blonde. Yeah, and he's blonde. And then um, the last clone is the gender bent Peter Parker clone from the Ultimate Spider Man comics, which is the Ultimate Comics version of Jessica Drew. And how many of these groups include um, Spider Gwen and uh, cohort cohorts, other Spider Femmes? None of them. Yeah, uh, Peter is great. He's he's <laughs> like, uh, no, anybody but Gwen. <laughs> Yeah, it actually really bothered me. And anybody me. but Silk. Yeah, it actually really bothered me how like It he, bothered you. Yeah, how he kept being like he kept being like, "Oh, none of the women are going out on this team." Got to protect them. And like the women kept being like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> um so actually very pretty early on all pretty much all the the main women, so Silk, Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen, they like kind of all got together and were like, "Look, we out." And they just went on their own adventure, and it's covered in the Spider-Woman comic that started right out of the Spider-Verse. So you can also read that. That's in this collection, uh, in the Spider-Verse collection. Yeah, but yeah, it was really annoying, especially like Sp- Spider-Gwen especially, he was very protective of. He'd be like, oh no, everyone but Spider-Gwen. And she'd be like, yeah, no. I liked you better when you I'm, were a lizard. I'm, yeah, you can, you can include me. It's fine. Uh, get over it. <laughs> It kind of bothered me a lot how, like, I mean, I get that they were trying to show that, Benevolent sexism. You know, yeah. You know, Peter really cares for Gwen, but, like, come on. Get over it. (laughs) She she has superpowers. They they handled it poorly. Yeah, she's not the same Gwen. He can, I think he can get his head around that. I would hope. Anyone but Silk. (laughs) All these groups, they get together. And they go and face the Inheritors on their home world with the clone facility destroyed by the spider clones. Really appropriate uh, team-up work. Yeah. Uh, the Inheritors are now locked into their one life. Like before when they were killed, respawn, they would, they respawn, would just respawn, respawn with a new clone. Um, now when they're killed, they just are going to die. So they kind of get defeated surprisingly easy at the end here. I guess afraid of dying at this point. It doesn't help that they're just like fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they don't like like a lot of villains villainous groups in the Spider-Man history, they don't really like get along with themselves. There so. was just some like really, you know, steampunk bickering going on. Yeah. So they as punishment, they get sent to the Earth 3145, um the radioactive fallout world and they have to like hide in the shelter for the rest of eternity i guess eating i guess oh oh right they're they're eating spiders yes yes they, they have to live on spiders I, I i was thinking that like the canned goods were probably pretty depleted but <laughs> yeah no that's it, there's a side story in there at one point where like the shelter gets invaded by all these radioactive or er, sorry irradiated spiders so they're like eating the the like mutated spiders <laughs> sustenance um it, it almost seems like they're having a pretty good time. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Not really a punishment, I'd say. I mean, like, they could have given them the spider guillotine, but. Yeah. And so um, the story actually, the the big conflict at the end of the story is actually not with the Inheritors. It's with the Superior Spider-Man. He has finally come to realize that the Peter Parker who's in this story 
um, is not what he assumed was a Peter Parker from earlier in his timeline. So it's helpful to know that Superior Spider-Man's struggle in trying to take over the life of Spider-Man is that he starts to get an inkling that Peter Parker's mind is coming back into his mind. Yes. He starts to feel like he he's losing the body that he has acclimated to and where will he go after that happens? Yeah. He has no body to go back to. His body died. He he doesn't want to lose. Like we mentioned earlier, he does not like to lose. So he he kills the master weaver and then starts trying to manipulate the gray web to suit his ends so that he, so that he doesn't end up losing to this Peter Parker that is the main Spider-Verse Parker. Um, so when he finds that this Peter Parker is from a point in his timeline after he loses the body that he's in right now, yeah, uh, he has a problem with that. Yeah. So he starts trying to manipulate his own destiny on the on the great web. And you never want to manipulate your own destiny. Yeah. That's just problematic right there. So so the spider people, the remaining spider people there, they kind of get together and they stop him. Um, there's a great bit there where he's like, is this the only way you can defeat me by banding together? And then Peter's like, says the guy who started the Sinister Six. <laughs> and he's just like, touche. <laughs> oh, there's also a great bit. Oh, there's also a great bit when they're fighting the inheritors and they're going to kill Benji, the baby um to get his blood to like um for this thing that they're doing and they like they pull up and they like pull off the blanket and it's not the baby it's spider-ham without his clothes on so they got fooled by a pig in a blanket <laughs> you heard it here first uh, no actually you heard it in the comic that's that's one of the best moments uh that's that definitely moment. the the best moment i would say that's that's why I like about this comic is it's very funny. Like like any good Spider-Man comic should be. So they they stop Doc Ock, send him back to his timeline, um, where he conveniently forgets that all of this happened. Um, Which is really really weird. Is it weird? Yeah, that seems convenient, doesn't it? Did did they manipulate the time streams or something? Like what happened there? Yeah. Do they have a mind ray? I think they were able to manipulate the Great Web to send him back to where he needed you know, to go. That is just really convenient. Yeah, it was some. There's, you know, it's the end of the story, so it's time for some conveniences. Fine. I guess. Then Karn, who the uh, the inheritor who joined their side, he takes over as the Master Weaver. Because we trust him so much. Well, by this point, he's, like, reformed. He's a good guy now. He's How like, would we right, even know if suck. this went really terribly wrong? Yeah. Well, that's what Spider-UK is for. I um, feel like maybe Spider-UK could have taken over as the Master Weaver. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is tying in to the build-up to another multi-universal crossover crazy story called Secret Wars. Uh, it came out in 2015, a year after Spider-Verse, in which all the multiverse was collapsing. So at this point in the Spider-Verse, Spider-UK's universe has already collapsed. It no or longer fraying. exists. Yeah. So um, he doesn't have a universe to, to return to, so he stays to look over Karn, and make sure he doesn't do anything. Backseat um, weaving. Yeah, he's like a backseat weaver now. Um, that sounds a little... It's, like basket weaving it's like underwater <laughs> basket weaver <laughs> they're not underwater <laughs> all right sorry and then anya corazon who is the third spider woman she originally started as the character aranya 
um, because she's Hispanic, uh, as her (laughs) last name probably indicates. Um, Well, what would you be? (laughs) She she also decides to stay for no real reason, just because, you know. Why not? There are too it's many cool. spider people in 616. I guess she, yeah, there are way too many spider people in the 616. And I guess she also, like, is pretty into steampunk, maybe. I mean. You know what? She, yeah. She wore goggles in her original costume. Sure, so. let's do this. She's <laughs> she's into the aesthetic. And so, and then everyone else returns home. And that's how it ends. The end. The end. So there were some follow-ups to this series, um, including uh, Venomverse. <laughs> was structured in a similar way. Featuring as many Venoms as they could think of to throw in there. There's also Spider-Geddon. Yes, the Spider-Geddon, the direct sequel um, to Spider-Verse. Indeed. Uh, there's the Edge of Spider-Verse, which was not a sequel, but It was sort of companion? built as a prequel, yeah. but it was kind of just a tie-in. It was a tie-in. It was just basically six individual comics focusing on a different spider person it's where spider gwen first came from and she got her own series because she's awesome also i don't know if you've heard about this but there is a film there's a film yes there is a film oh my goodness my goodness what's it called it's called spider-man into the spider-verse we are of course joking (laughs) yes we have seen the film and we will be talking about it for the bonus episode so in order to uh, serve our spider needs, we're going to name our uh, spider segments after spider people. <laughs> so our high points this time are going to be the uh, superior Spider-Man, mm. because it's obviously the superior points. Mm-hmm. Creates it, robots. It's in the name. Has, has more arms. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I guess he does. Yeah. And then our low points is going to be Uncle Ben Spider, because he kind of sucked. <laughs> He, he was a layabout. What a de- deadbeat. Yeah. He's a deadbeat uncle. He's he's like the <laughs> Spider-Man that gave up on being Spider-Man, even though he's the one that we get the Well, my family's from. dead. Other Spider-Men have had family die, and that's why they're Spider-Man. Exactly. Grow Suck up, Uncle up. Ben. <laughs> he's way grown up. <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah, that'll be our segments. So let's go ahead and kick off into uh, Superior. So, I mean, I think we already talked about Spider-Ham's crucial and awesome role. So we don't even have to talk about that. Um, I do love Spider-Ham, though. I just want to say that the art for the Amazing Spider-Man issues was really, I I want to say spectacular, but like, I'm not joking. It's not a joke. Um, it, it's really beautiful and it's well done and it looks, uh, the coloring is, is pretty fantastic um, and amazing. And and it's the ultimate art, I guess. <laughs> yes, I agree. the The art is is really good. I think a, a lot of the art throughout the all the comics was pretty good. Uh, some of it was uh, some of the like the side stuff definitely had some. Mm, kind of yeah, the side art. stuff was uh, less. Um, yeah, but uh, but particularly amazing Spider Man had some really good art in it. Um, I I absolutely agree. It was one of the things that really got me into the comic to begin with because uh as i said in my review of this comic i kind of expected not to like it so the art being so nice helped so i really enjoyed the um team up of the ultimates with peter parker and miles riffing off 60s spider-man with the silly blanket web and the old j jonah jameson and the boxy six window city buildings and on a continuous loop 
And then Peter Parker tries to talk 60s. He's like, get hep to this, daddy <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I've never been a huge fan of Miles, but like... He worked very well in this comic. I, those two guys, that the two ultimate Spider-Man, um, they played off of each other really well. They were it, fun together. It it it, uh, it supplied a lot of the best humor in the in the entire. They're series. like the same age, right? I think they're supposed to be probably. Yeah. And and Miles is is kind of a straight man. You know, he's a lot more serious than he most is. Spider-Man. And, he is, but in a low key way. And then the cart. Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon Spider-Man is definitely the zaniest Spider-Man. He goes um, off into these like weird anime um, offshoots of his brain. Yeah. Where he's just like in this other world fantasizing about weird stuff. It, it's great seeing them together working off of that. <laughs> you got anything else? I think a high point for me was their willingness to come up with like um, interesting new Spider-People. <laughs> um, I, I think they threw every noun they could think of at the wall <laughs> and then they were like let's add that to spider yeah um, pretty much which i'm actually not even sure if that's a that's a superior spider point <laughs> or not because <laughs> some of them were pretty off the freaking wall well yeah i guess this is uh this is sort of something that blends between uh, high points and low points here because um, some of the ideas were great and some of the ideas were terrible. Inferior uh, spider um, points. <laughs> but I just wanted to mention that I really, really like Lady Spider from a different steampunk uh, universe. She was Aunt May as a young woman, um, just May Riley. But with the timeline not making any sense. Yeah, with the, yeah. She, like, builds her own spider suit and becomes a spider superhero against the six men of Sinistry. Um, an amazing name. An amazing name. Incredible. Uh, it's it's all so perfect, and I really, really wish they would give her her own comic. It, it's so great. It was definitely one of the more enjoyable side issues um, that I read. Yeah. Some other ones that I really liked were, like, Spider-Punk. Uh, he was new. He was pretty cool. And uh, Spider-Gwen, obviously. I think we both mentioned that. Everybody loves Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there were some that were pretty... Let's actually segue right yeah. into um, <laughs> inferior spider points. Yeah. Spider buggy. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. It's oh god. It's a sentient dune buggy Spider-Man? Yeah, it's basically Speed Buggy from the old Speed Buggy cartoon. <sighs> Which, which, if you haven't seen that cartoon, it's basically one of those mini, like, Scooby-Doo-type ripoff cartoons, like Jabberjaw, where it's, like, this group of, like, 20-something-looking people who are supposed to be teenagers going around having adventures, and they had this sentient object that shouldn't be able to talk hanging out with them, and in their case, it was a talking dune buggy named Speed Buggy. Um, and so it's, spider buggy is basically that. <laughs> and I don't know why it exists, but I, it does. <laughs> I just, I have no words for spider buggy. It's just, <laughs> it's too dumb. It's I like it. Spider ham is dumb, but funny. Yeah. Really funny. And he plays off other characters. Well, like he and spider Gwen have a relationship, you yes. know, he and, and ultimate spider Peter Parker, have a relationship you know like i mean 
everybody's got a relationship with Spider-Ham. He just shows up for one-liners and then, like, he's out. Yeah. But, like, Spider-Cowboy. Like, just let's play Mad Libs with Spider um, and yeah. Man. Spider-Werewolf. Spider-Wolf spider, spider, spider. Yeah. yeah. They just, they went with everything. They went with all the ideas. And, man, there were some off-the-wall things that we saw. Yeah. <laughs> You can't see it. Megan is shaking her head. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. The, definitely the goal here was to just have as many spider people as they could throw in into one comic, even if that meant creating a bunch of completely nonsensical random. For me, that actually created so much chaos that it was a less attractive comic. Yeah. Um, because it it was just so many. And... Like, the plot was a little hard to handle when there were so many spider people. Um, and actually, I have, as a as an inferior spider point, chaotic sp- spider cooperation. <laughs> um, I felt like Superior Spider-Man was not smart enough. But, I mean, I feel like he would be smarter than the plans that he came up with, which were not great. Yeah. Um, I feel like he would be at least a better organizer. I mean, he's, you know... He organizes well. That's his thing. <laughs> but, like, the spiders were all scrambling and going off together in small groups, and they were just, like, talking amongst themselves and le- then, like, excluding other spiders. I feel like they'd be able to put aside their differences for this occasion. Yeah. This is the occasion where you, you're like, okay, Spider-Punk, I know, I know we haven't always gotten along, Spider-Punk, <laughs> but uh, me and Spider-Buggy are going to go off to... <laughs> I feel like they would all have, like, a large discussion to, like, as a group, a moderated discussion yeah. with Spider-UK being like, hey, 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 order, spider order. <laughs> we need to, we need to get a, a thing together. Let's spitball. I've got a whiteboard. Yeah. Um, and they just came up with ideas because everything they did was, there were so many egos. There were so many egos and they were all trying to do something different. And it didn't help that some people were like, ugh, anybody but Silk. And I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't, poor Cindy Moon. <laughs> nobody likes her. Nobody wants her around. <laughs> Everybody's like, go in a bunker, Cindy Moon. And she's like, cool. It's where I feel at home. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the superior spider-man at least it is kind of his character to to more think that he's coming up with really good ideas but they're actually bad ideas so i i felt that was at least faithful to what they've done with him in the past and it is dan slot pretty much exclusively wrote the superior spider-man i don't know if anyone else did actually and dan slot is the one writing the spider-verse so I think he knows the character. <laughs> I suppose that's a good point. And I mean, I, I guess it's true that his ideas do sometimes go wrong, but sometimes they don't go wrong. Yeah. You know, sometimes he's he's achieved things that regular, like, sp- disorganized Spider-Man, always late to everything, can't get his life together, can't really even manage, you know? Yeah, I, I guess it's more that, like, he has good ideas, but I guess maybe, like, his ego or something gets in the way of them coming out right. Yeah, so. he, he can't see the uh, possibility of failure uh, coming over the horizon. Yeah. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. As I understand the character, my interpretation. I don't know. I'm sort of intrigued by Superior Spider-Man in general. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. Uh, well, I'm kind of planning to read it at some point this year. Maybe we can talk about it then. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so 
that was one of my negative zones. Do you have any negative? Not of like the main story itself, really, but I do feel like there were there were just like too many side stories mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. and there were just some that were just like really bad. Like the, I, I wanted to like it, but there was like this Lucha Libre Spider Man story that was all in Spanish. Okay, the animations or not animation, the uh, the art style was really gross. Yeah, I really didn't <laughs> like the art style, and like I want to like a comic in Spanish though. Yeah. I, I could actually understand a lot of what was going on because of, of my grasp of Spanish, but I would not all of what was going on. It was still like, I don't know, it was giving me a headache to even try to read it, really. It was like, I, I just didn't like, I didn't like looking at it. And even the lettering, I think, was like all wavy and, and wild and stuff. And it was like, uh, I, I didn't really care for it. And like there was the weird side story of Spider-Girl and, and Uncle Ben spider like in the bunker oh, fighting their radiated spiders yeah, was that was, was so really boring <laughs> boring and bad and pretty much all of the spider woman comic like i didn't care for i i felt like there were slightly mild roles for important characters um su- such as miles um, yeah who is an extremely important character especially right now and uh most of the spider ladies uh, I was a little offended by that. Yeah, like none of the Spider Ladies really had an important I, role. I feel like they should have replaced one of the pivotal roles for a Spider Man and given it to a Spider Woman. Uh, Peter Parker 616 was the most important, uh, which was weird because it kind of came out of nowhere for me. I thought Spider UK was going to be much more important and that he was going to be sort of the master of this situation because he knew the most about it. Yeah. And he was the most involved in it. And it was his responsibility as, like, the, you know, uh, Spider Lantern Corps, you know, dude. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that that, that the 616 Spider-Man had killed Morlin, actually, I think twice, there, there didn't really seem like any reason why he would seem like the important Spider-Man to all these other Spider-Men. But for some reason, he shows up and everyone's like, he's the leader. I think they had an argument like, about it, too. Yeah. Um, and... You know, it, it was like, well, is this important right now? Let's just um, all share our knowledge. And nobody was really having that. Yeah, everybody was, like, listing their qualifications. Like, it was a freaking job interview. And it wasn't a job interview. It was a super chaotic situation uh, with dire consequences. So it just really seemed like spider people would just listen to each other and have a more organized discussion. Yeah, Lots of egos in the room slash multiverse. But... I feel like they'd be able to adapt. I just really do. Yeah. And it would have been nice to see people adapting um, and being good at their job. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been cool. This is actually, this is actually I won't talk about this much, but this is actually something I've been seeing in a lot of more recent comics. Is it seems like um, a lot of more recent superhero comics are mostly about the superhero being bad at their job and then kind of accidentally falling into a solution. That's sort of um, always been a Spider-Man theme. But it has always, <laughs> sort of always been a Spider-Man but, theme. But so uh, I, I feel like it hasn't always yeah. um, happened that way. Sometimes he's just good at what I he mean, does, you know. Truth be told, he is kind of a lone wolf most of the time. I mean, sometimes he, you know, is an Avenger or, you know, has a, a team. But, like... You know, I, I feel like we were sort of coming toward a, a role for Spider-Man as, like, a leader, mm-hmm. um, as, as like, a person to look up to. And I feel like Spider-UK probably could have been that person. Yeah. Because, um, you know, mastery of the universe and all that crap. 
really does. I agree. It seems like he should have probably like been the important Spider-Man here because he was kind of an important Spider-Man here. Like, I mean, they invented this character for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But then he just was like kind of on the side. Yeah. So I have another one, actually. Um, It's a big one. It's the Inheritors. Oh, um, the, just the Inheritors in general. Yes. Um, Energy vampires. Uh, uncomplex motivations. We hungry. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're starving for totems, mystical concepts, family infighting was frustrating because like a really disorganized and horrible group of people are the ones beating the crap out of you and eating you. That's great. You can't get in between them with their infighting. And I guess that is what was ultimately their downfall. But like, I don't know, they, they would just show up places without a plan, really. It was kind of astounding how this small group of people, even with a cloning facility. Yeah. Um, and that's that's another thing. They were too powerful. There are too many of them for such an uncomplex foe. Like, their motivations were, spider people will destroy us. We must eat spider people. And I was confused as to whether they were eating the flesh or eating the uh, spider souls. Sucking out spider souls. Um, and it seemed like both? Yeah, my, my understanding is that they primarily feast on, like, the spider soul. Basically, like, that's what actually gives them the power, but they can also eat the person if they want to. I mean, what are their canned goods like? That's <laughs> that's that's the picture that I'm not getting. It, is, like, a canned good full of, like, totem soul? Or is the canned good full of, like, gross-out flesh? Well, I think the idea is basically that they get greater power from devouring the totem but then they also still have to eat like regular people they still I need to eat, so. eat all right so it's like being a vampire who has to suck blood but also um like some nachos every once in a while yeah. <laughs> okay not full just from blood so <sighs> who punishes a person with a diving helmet <laughs> what even is that what like do they have like a group of punishments like is that their mandatory minimum like, that's what I need to know. What comes after diving bell sealed on your head? <laughs> and and left to wonder the multiverse murdering. Inheritor guillotine. That's what I wanted to see. You know, like, when do they actually execute you? Because they're really into executing. Yeah, I agree. I don't really get the punishment of Karn. Like... I, f- I feel like people like that, why are they so family focused? <laughs> but then again, they got a Game of Thrones dynamic going on. So sure. Yeah. Why not? It, do, it does seem like they had kind of an un, unproportional response to, like, this thing that he just kind of accidentally caused to happen by not not acting. Yes. And then just, like, picked just some random idea to, like, punish him. They were like, I see a diving helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Let's seal him in a suit of armor. I don't know. Uh, send him to Mars. Like... They would have just done the thing that they saw, I guess. I feel like I almost wish that they'd made Superior Spider-Man, like, the villain of this. I think that would have been interesting. Because, like, you know, you want your villain to fit the crime. Or mm-hmm. you, you you want your proportional response to fit the crime. And I feel like the Inheritors didn't deserve a big story like this. <laughs> I feel like um, in order to get all the spider people together, you need a spider villain. Who is, like, literally a spider villain. Yeah. And I guess that would have, like, blown apart the whole totems issue, which, oh, no, I'm so sad. <laughs> um, I, I feel like they could have just skipped to the middle where um, Superior Spider-Man just, like, sucked. Uh, or just pick a better villain. 
Yeah, see, I, I mean, I do understand where you're coming from, because I did think it was lame that they were using the Inheritors as well initially, but I still feel that that the Spider-Verse used the Inheritors in a way that made them, made Morlin at least, like, much more interesting of a villain than he was during the old appearances that he originally had. Oh, okay, so I have a problem with their weakness. So... Their only weakness is radiation. Everyone's weakness is radiation. Like everyone, everyone does get hurt by radiation, but like they're they're especially um, hurt by it. Like, like we 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 would get sick and die from radiation, um, but we wouldn't really noticing it happening to us. Whereas like they get exposed to radiation and just immediately they like are just horribly sick. And, like, they they feel like this horrible thing happening to them. It's just astounding that they didn't ever stumble across any other worlds with high levels of radiation. Yeah. Or Earths with, you know, damaged ozone layers or something. I don't know. Something. Yeah. That made it inhabitable. I don't know. Uninhabitable. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that they would explain why they were weak to radiation. But they kind of just Sickly vampire complexions? (laughs) They did have sickly vampire complexions, yeah. All right. I guess it's not important since the explanation would probably be so mystical that I would be pissed off. <laughs> so we have one game to play. Just one. Since it seems like the writers came up with every conceivable spider being by joking around about it and then actually throwing it in there, we thought we would list some spider people not created in this comic. You want to start us off, Six-Armed spider Ramsey? <laughs> Trying to come up, not not with Spider-People that already exist, yes. but with ones that we, we've created ourselves. And created being a loose term. Yeah. Mad Libs. My, my Mad Lib uh, Spider-Man is a uh, J. Jonah Jameson Spider-Man. All right. <laughs> I'm listening. So, so this is a, I, I, I'm seeing this as like this, this universe where Spider-Man was Spider-Man, just regular Spider-Man for a while. And then for some reason in his attempts to stop Spider-Man like J. Jonah does um he he himself gets the spider-man powers and the peter parker dies as a result of something jay jonah does and so he takes over being spider-man and realize what a big responsibility it is but because he wants people to not know that he's spider-man he has to continue like hating spider-man in the press and his day job at the daily bugle (laughs) but who's taking pictures (laughs) that's a good question I actually love that. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the um, the coverage would get slightly more flattering as the time went on because, you know. Yeah, maybe he'd have like this arc of like slowly converting to the spider camp. He'd be like, Spider-Man had some good points, <laughs> even though he's a villain. Hate that guy. Hate that guy. <laughs> Who is Spider-Man? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm actually not sure if he would be able to keep the secret at all. He would probably like it would come out. He'd probably accidentally tweet about it, you know. <laughs> but um, I guess you could do a thing there with like uh, Robbie, uh, Robbie Robertson. Yeah. Robbie Robertson's always been kind of like hinting to Peter that he knows he's Spider Man. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I guess with Jonah, if Jay Jonah became Spider Man, this would be, he'd be like he'd be like, look, I know you're Spider Man. <laughs> we gotta we gotta work this out. <laughs> Dude, be more low-key. Come on. You are blowing your cover every day, okay? 
in a meeting the other day, you said, I'm Spider-Man. And then you said, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Ha ha ha. <laughs> anyway. Also, like, J. Jonah Jameson would get super ripped all of a sudden, and people would start to notice. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. He'd just be busting out of his clothes. Uh, he, he would jump up on tables, you know, he'd stick to everything. Um, and he would not be able to keep it a secret. Anyway. Also, like, he'd just jump out the window to go home. <laughs> People would start to notice that. Anyway, other ideas we had. Uh, spider Pimp. Um, you draw your own conclusions, but he keeps the web hand strong. Yeah. And then we thought about what kind of animals have there not been spider versions of. And we, I mean, there have pretty much been versions of those. Yeah. So uh, we went before and before animals kind of so we went to spider so he's a prehistoric crime fighting herbivore so you decide what dinosaur crimes are um <laughs> and uh he he just takes care of that situation man i almost want to get like what what dinosaur would he be and what dinosaur would his villains be like who's the green goblin is he like a oh oh the vulture is obviously a pterodactyl oh yeah definitely um the green goblin's like a raptor <laughs> um rhino is gonna be a triceratops oh yeah <laughs> that's a good one now i i think i think uh i think uh spider sword would be sort of like a iguanodon i am i'm picturing him as an iguanodon actually with with a gentle composure but of course he is um sort of red and blue um because that's what happens to you when you get bitten by a radioactive ankylosaurus <laughs> or or wait a mosquito the size of your head something like that you yeah. know twist in, in spider sore timeline is that mosquito that bites spider oh i see where uh, you're going trapped in amber and far in the future mm. same mosquito <laughs> i love it break out at the science museum yeah oh mild-mannered paleontologist no, I, I can't come up with the name. It's just it's just stupid. Um, accidentally drops a thing of amber, as bad paleontologists will do. Yeah. Um, and all uh, scientists in comic books do that kind of. They are they're always breaking shit. I mean, I I found this uh, pottery shard. Oh oh no, I pulverized it and it put a curse on me. So yeah, that's what's happening there. We also thought about sort of a rockabilly spider-man <laughs> so he's, he's got like an elvis vibe i guess that was the only time period we couldn't think of because um there's been one for pretty much everything uh, there's been so many different time period spider-man and i i thought about cave spider so it's like a caveman spider-man <laughs> but then i was like that is so terrible i just <laughs> yeah. i can't even the i can't even joke about it yeah also he couldn't even have an alliterative name because like you know ug or og He's fucking spider. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> anyway. Maybe just his enemy is fire. <laughs> it's just fire in general. Wait, or maybe that would be Frankenspider's enemy. Is there a Frankenspider? Oh I don't think there is a Frankenspider. You know, I wouldn't doubt it that there probably is, though. I mean, they did a vampire in a... And, and a werewolf, so why not a Frankenstein? <laughs> spider mummy. Mm, spider 
You know, that sounds like something that's been done, honestly. <laughs> I, I almost feel like I've heard of that before. But... <laughs> oh, okay. Did, I, did we, we, we kind of went through, I went through like some of my favorite Spider-Men. Were there any uh, Spider-Men that, that you really liked that we haven't mentioned? Well, you know, I really like Miles. I always really have liked Miles. But there's something about Spider-Punk that um, makes me want to love him. You actually told me about the interesting history of Spider-Punk, where he started out as a concept for Spider-UK. But then they were like, uh, I think we better stick with this obvious British flag motif. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because, I mean, you know, it's a pretty cute costume, honestly. And, like, he does look like he works for an organization rather than Spider-Punk, who looks like he's a complete and total badass. Yeah. Um, and he has spikes all over him and like, you know, he's got the cool jacket and <laughs> little denim jacket. It's incredible. And I, I just, there's something about spider punk, you know, and the, the little short comic that they did, um, was cute. I wouldn't want to read another one just like that, but maybe if they went into the, um, you know, life of Hobart Brown, then I would want to know more about him. And also they made him American. It's important to note. He's yeah. no longer a, uh, a UK punk. Yeah. So, what about you? Who was your favorite? Um, well, I mean, like I said, I, I think Lady Spire probably is... She was pretty cool. Um, I, I would totally read a comic series based on that. Um, I would be if she was just like, ugh, men, the whole time. <laughs> Which she was for a lot of her She kind of was. Here, so, um, I, I actually found that kind of enjoyable, too. That was, that was funny, yeah. So, Six um, men of sinistry. And then I, I guess of ex- already existing Spider-Man, I, I've, Spider-Man 2099 has always been like my favorite. So. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you and Miguel O'Hara have a few things in common. <laughs> like our our particular um, ancestry. Ancestry. <laughs> yes, I. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. But also, he's from the future, so you know, cool. Yeah. Extra cool. I don't, would you say that Spider-Man uh, 2099 is a particularly popular incarnation? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, he's been popular enough to, like, stick around, whereas, like, a lot of the other Spider-Men, like, I mean, there's a lot of Spider-Men that we see in this series, and a lot of them, this is their first appearance since their initial appearance. Like Spider-Cowboy. But it's not, well, I think that, I think this is, that's his first appearance altogether. But, um, like, yeah, he's been one who's been kind of had enough fan demand to, like, kind of stick around and appear every now and then again. So, um, yeah, I'd say he, he actually is one of the more popular alternate Spider-Man characters that's existed. So. He, had a, he had a long run, didn't he? He had, yeah. He, uh, 46 issues, I think, of the original one. And then he had two more volumes of Spider-Man 2099 comics that have come out. Um, not to mention his appearances in other teams like the Exiles. Mm, yeah. So. Let's destroy this timeline. <laughs> destroy the timeline? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you, does that just mean let's bring this to an end? Yeah. Okay. The die is cast. Nailed it. <laughs>